Hey church family, this is Pastor Ryan, and you are listening to episode four of the Worship the King podcast series, the podcast where we are talking about the different elements of our Sunday morning worship gathering and how these all fit together as part of our vision to be a family of disciples of Jesus making disciples. Uh, Today I'm joined by a really special guest, Teresa. Could you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your family and the role that you play Uh, here on the staff team at the church. Hey guys, I'm Teresa and I am the kids ministry director here at Northwest. Um, Me, my husband, my three kids, we've been a part of this community for about eight years now and I've been serving in the kids ministry about five. Nice. Well, Teresa, one thing I really appreciate about having you on the staff team is how intentional you are um, both looking at the needs of the families in our church currently and also reflecting on the experiences you've had raising raising three kids mm. um, not all out of the house yet but no. um, but you have a lot of experience as a, as a parent and reflecting on that and thinking about how we can equip um, families that have young kids today in our church to be lifelong disciples of Jesus because there really is nothing more important to us than than that what can we do as a church family? to train up these little ones that God's entrusted to us to be people who love him and trust him and obey him for their entire lives. Absolutely. So uh, there's a study that came out um, in 2019 by the Barna Research Group that was a survey of kids that grew up in the church and Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches just like ours. It was a study that was looking at them when they got to be young adults, 18 to 29 years old, and was looking for what percentage of those kids that grew up in the church as they enter into young adulthood, are they still walking with Jesus after they leave the home? And what they found was was pretty troubling. They found that only 10% of kids that grew up in Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches are still faithfully walking with Jesus as what they call um, resilient disciples into young adulthood. Mm. And um, it, it was troubling on the one hand, but I think for many of us, that study probably um, confirms what we've observed, whether in our own families or uh, with people that we grew up with in the church or with people in our extended family or different people that we know. It seems like uh, Gen Z and, and younger younger folks are, many of them are walking away from the church in, in droves. Um, but one of the things that we were able to learn, not only from what we see in the church and the world around us, uh, but also from this study and some of the data is that there are some commonly held characteristics of that 10% of kids that were those resilient disciples into young adulthood. And there's some things we can learn about what did those kids have in common? What, uh, what commonalities did they have so we can know what to focus on to try to not repeat that uh, going, going forward? Because a lot of these kids, you know, they, they know all the right answers. Um, you know, they know how to, they've, they've prayed before. Many of them have even been baptized before. They've memorized the Bible verses. Mm. So it's not a knowledge problem. Uh, it's more of a heart problem that they know the answers, but they end up not wanting to follow Jesus as an adult. Um, so some of the data that we saw uh, in this study was that out of those resilient disciples, 72% of them, so 72%, that's a big number, said that they admired the faith of their parents. 
um, meaning that they are around their parents when their parents are practicing their faith. They're aware of their parents' faith. They see their parents worshiping, and they believe that while their parents aren't perfect, their parents' faith is sincere, and it's something that they would aspire to have in their own lives as adults, too. So 72% said they admired the faith of their parents. 82%, so even more, said that they felt connected to a larger community of disciples of Jesus. So they didn't just have their one or two Christian buddies that they hang, that they would hang out with. They saw themselves as a part of a larger intergenerational community of Jesus followers that they that they belonged to. And then 77% said that they had close personal relationships with adults in their church who were a positive influence on them to follow Jesus. So kind of big picture, Teresa, I think what we are seeing is that it's not so much just about the knowledge and the skills um, that determined or that correlated with these kids becoming resilient disciples into adulthood. Uh, it was about things that are more having to do with the heart, yeah. about feeling a part of that community, about feeling that connection between their faith and their parents' faith. And we've tried to um, specifically design our approach to Sunday morning to take that into account. So, Teresa, you were telling me, you were using two examples. You were talking about dance class and football games. So, tell us a little bit about that dance class, football games. What thoughts do you have around those, and what in the world does that have to do with worshiping on Sunday morning? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we want to think about these kids who they do, they have the knowledge, they have all the right answers, and they've been through all the motions. It's So, it's like that curated dance class experience sometimes that we we get for our kids where you select the day of the week you select the style and you select the teaching style and at the end you're going to have the result of a child who knows how to do this fabulous jazz routine um but it's you know church is a different sort of opportunity it's this opportunity to show our kids where they fit in the bigger body of Christ. And I think it's more like when your family loves a particular football team and Sunday afternoons are set aside for that game experience. Everyone wears their jersey. You prepare special snacks. You invite your friends in. And even though maybe your kid, they don't really get what's going on with the game, but you tuck them under your arm and you say, watch what's about to happen. This is so cool. Let's see what happens. They know you as parents value that football team. And they know it is exciting. And they know they can be a part of it on that Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah. Yeah. When Teresa says you say that, it makes me think about my, my wife, Lindsay, who, um, you know, dabbled in some sports, but that was never really her thing growing up. But her dad is a huge, um, is a huge baseball and football okay. fan. And so she never played a lot herself, but she has, she loves, she loves those environments. Yeah. Going to a baseball game, going to a basketball game, going to a football game, because she learned to love those teams and those environments because she experienced them together with her with her dad. Yes, there you go. And um, okay, so Teresa, what I hear you saying a little bit is that 
um, this is not so much about the knowledge transfer or the skills. It's about feeling a part of the larger community. I think so. Okay, so uh, what I'm imagining some of the, the parents of young kids are thinking right now as they listen to this is they're thinking, but wait a minute, when my kids are in the service together with me, uh, they don't understand everything. Yeah. You know, they don't know the words of the song or, or they maybe don't know what the juice represents and the, you know, the bread represents with communion. Um, so it feels like they're not getting anything out of it. How would you speak to that? Mm, I think that I would encourage you parents to remember there is so much value in your kids being in a space where they get to wonder, where they're mm. not just given the information, given things that, uh, you know, are exactly tailored to them, but they get to sit back and kind of create a sense of awe and curiosity as to what is happening here. Um, so I just want to encourage you that that's a really valuable moment and that's going to lead to your kids, I think, asking really good questions um, and you getting to start the conversation, this long-term discipleship conversation with your kids about what does it mean to follow Jesus? Yeah, it makes me think of, so I have uh, three daughters, ages nine, six, and four, as we're recording this. And my youngest daughter, the four-year-old, she doesn't know much about different theories of Jesus' sacrificial oh, really? atonement for our sins. Oh, so, yeah, okay. and that's uh, why aren't they teaching her that in Northwest Kids? Next next year. Okay, next year. Well, and that's not completely true. <laughs> she does know some about it. But the thing that she gets out of watching communion happen is she sees us go through this ritual where we're taking the juice and we're taking the bread, and she might not know much about propitiation, but she knows a lot about juice and bread, and so she has <laughs> lots of questions about that, and, and probably some of the most valuable conversations that my wife Lindsay and I have had with her about what Jesus did for us on the cross and why that's such a big deal have come from her watching communion and asking questions. Yeah. And sometimes the best thing that we can do to help our kids be nurtured to follow Jesus is help spark some of those questions and that curiosity. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, so um, Teresa, what would you say if a parent feels like, okay, this is all great, but I just can't keep my kids still, or I just can't keep them quiet, mm. and I'm afraid it's, it's distracting for me, I'm worried it's distracting for other people too. I just can't get them to, quote unquote, behave during this time. How would you speak to that? Oh man, I I sympathize with you guys and I just want to encourage you that your kid is louder and more squirmier in your mind than they are to anyone else. Um, but I also know that it's just hard sometimes when we come in with this expectation of, well, this is what church is. We sit and we sit quietly and we worship and we're attentive, you know, um, but kids just, you know, they're kids. Um, I just want to encourage you to... I mean, do what you need to do to help your child in that moment. Maybe it's anchoring them with, you know, uh, a little fidget toy or a coloring book. Maybe you have a special kit that comes with you on Sunday mornings. Um, but also just to remember that even if it doesn't look like your child is really specifically engaging, they are still observing. They are still taking all of that in. I mean, I'm always surprised with when I don't when I don't think my kid is paying attention, all of a sudden, you know, a couple days later, a question might come up about a certain situation. I'm like, huh, you really were taking that in, even though you were, I thought you were somewhere else. So, um, 
yeah, just you do what you need to do, but also remember that we just, we love your kids. We value them being there. And um, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I don't know if that's helpful, but. Yeah, so um, that is very helpful. I, I think, Teresa, what I hear you saying is that even if a kid is playing with their little fidget spinner or with their doll or with their little coloring book or something like that, um, it might not seem like they're picking up that much from what they're what they're observing, but they're really picking up and absorbing a lot more than we might initially think. I think so. I think it's like when you go out to dinner as a family and you know you're going to have to help your five-year-old kind of anchor into that moment, but you still want them to participate you want them to be a part of this family experience and by helping them in some way whether it's providing something for their hands to do um or whatever works for your child you are helping them be a part of the family experience and you are showing them you value them in that family experience yeah so so they might be they might need some extra help to kind of to, to not go crazy, right. <laughs> I guess. Um, but at the same time, it's very valuable for them to realize they're a part of it and to, and to see what's, what's going on. And that's something we value around the dinner table, uh, sitting together as a family, enjoying family dinner together, even if we can participate to different levels. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the way we feel about our church family as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, hey guys, I hope this is helpful. I hope that you as a parent of young kids are encouraged um, we'd love to start more discussions and conversations around this in your life group, with your spouse, uh, even with your kids. And we'd love for you to talk with us more about it, too. We'd love to help you continue to think through this as we're all working together to um, do whatever we can by the power of the Spirit to raise up this next generation to trust, love, and obey Jesus. Absolutely. So uh, thank you guys for listening uh, to this episode of the podcast. And please tune in next week where we will be looking at episode five and exploring another very commonly asked question about our worship services here at the church. So love you guys and see you next time.